This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. Yeah, IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com forward slash B. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for FlexBlocks. Win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Yeah, make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com slash BE. Edutech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on the site and this program are those of participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. Hello and welcome to this episode of Edutech Guys Radio, brought to you by Southwest Arkansas Education Cooperative and Hope Public Schools. This is David Henderson. Hey, this is Jeff Madlock. <laughs> and I'm Greg Moore. <laughs> we really have got to get we, down like, I, you an think order we'd have that, that down that we by stick now. to forever. We have know? got to get a producer. That's well, what it comes here's, down to. here's the deal. I, I know how this works. Uh, the problem is um, the intro is never really polished until the 25th episode of anything. So we're getting there. <laughs> we're getting we're there. Getting. Two more episodes, we'll have it down <laughs> that's pat. That's <laughs> not, that's <laughs> not. Wait, Pat? Who's, who's Pat? Wait, we have a new guy named Pat? Yes, There's we do. There's a new guy named Pat. <laughs> Hey, uh, yeah, you're listening to radio.edutechguys.com. We're coming to you live from the Southwest Arkansas Educational Cooperative in Hope, Arkansas. I want to thank the co-op and Hope Public Schools for letting us do this each week. And I'm going to put my phone on mute so you don't have to hear the tweeting. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, uh, you're listening to us. We're coming to you uh, from our beautiful studio here in the oh, lovely beautiful. east wing of the cooperative. On <laughs> the outskirts of Hope, Arkansas. We also want to tell you to take a look at our website, www.edutechguys.com, if you hit that one right now you can actually find a nice little play button there and listen to the show live from the web or you can visit us at radio.edutechguys.com or mixler m-i-x-l-r.com slash edutechguys don't forget to catch us on the twitter at edutechguys also david's there at david and arc and you can catch me at jay madlock um gonna be a fun show today it wait, is wait we for are, our guest uh, she's gonna call in to us here pretty soon and uh susan gilly yeah, from uh, Harrison Public Schools. Yeah, that's going to be very cool. We're waiting to uh, see if we can get all this. Uh, wow, wow. Yes. <laughs> and Hello. I think that's her. We're awake. Right on cue. All right. <laughs> Turning down the wandering on <laughs> That headphones. worked out perfectly. Maybe. <laughs> we don't know. Uh, cool. Maybe. Hey, Susan, can you hear us? Hey. There we go. Welcome are you, aboard. Are you good? We're doing good. How are you? How are you doing? Can you hear me okay? Because we played with my mic earlier and it wasn't super loud, but is it okay? 
sounds yeah, pretty yeah. good. It sounded pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. This is awesome. Um, yeah, so uh, those of you that uh, are uh, just tuning in, we've got Susan Gilly on the line. We're going to uh, be talking with her today about various Google-related stuff. I think that will be very cool. Um, are you uh, are you good to go now? You won't need a couple of minutes. No, I'm good to go. You're good to go. Well, all right. This is Susan Gilly from Harrison Public Schools. Uh, you can uh, get to her website sgilly.com. That's s g i l l e y dot com. You can also follow her on Twitter at unique suzyq u n i. Q-S-U-S-E-Q. That's, that's got a lot of Qs. That's, that's worth a lot in Scrabble. I don't really care what anybody says. Hey, right. so that counts as a word. Although, <laughs> you're making me feel bad because I thought I had tried to make my Twitter handle really easy. And so now you're all just saying it's an epic fail. Oh, uh, no. We love Qs. We love Qs. Although every every it seems like we would be better at cues, what with the whole start of the show, like no, it's me, no, it's Jeff, no, you did cues, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I was reaching for that one. You were way reaching, reaching way far, way. Hey, you'll be able to check that out on the uh, Twitter at Edutech Guys. You could find uh, Susan's uh, link there. Uh, Susan's handle, Susan's Twitter name. What is that called? I always get that. I think it's called a handle. Is it yeah. a Twitter handle? Can we agree it's a handle? I think so. I don't know. Sure. Sure. <laughs> you don't care. What do you, yeah, sure. Go whatever you want. I don't care. Hey, Susan. Um, I'm I'm here. I'm Jeff. I'm over camera. in the corner. He's the disembodied hand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, we're really glad to have you on the show today, and we're really looking forward to picking your brain about Google Apps. Uh, we love Google Apps. We think it's the best thing that ever happened to education. Absolutely. So, I would agree with that. So one of the things that we'd like you to do is uh, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you and what you do at Harrison Schools, and then we'll, uh, we'll uh, get into the discussion here. So tell us about Susan Gilly. Okay. Hi, I'm Susan Gilly, and I am Assistant Superintendent at Harrison School District. I have been in education this next year 31. I started out in business ed. I probably taught business ed 15 years and then switched to a little bit of technology in business ed. And then I moved to just technology, then moved back to just business ed. Then I moved back to technology. Okay, now I can hear myself. Yeah. No, sorry, that's our bad. That's, that's our bad. <laughs> it's, it's just you guys. Thanks a lot. Um, and then I moved to Harrison for instructional technology, and for the last three years, I've combined federal programs and instructional technology. Awesome. Very cool. Man, you've been, <laughs> you don't stay put very long. You like to go back to the things you've actually, done. Actually, you would, be, you would be surprised to know that I had taught 10 years at my first district, 14 years at the second district, and then this makes year five or six at Harrison. Oh, well, you still got a ways to go then. Oh, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm 90 now, so about the time I'm 120, I should be good to go. Right? <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> Which most students that I had my first year thought I was 90 the first year I taught. So there you go. Well, you know, students tend to do that, though. They, they you know, they don't. They don't make that connection. Man, you're 27. You're ancient. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, my wife gets that a lot. She teaches second grade. 
and so they they have no idea how old she is but what really freaks them out is when students see their teachers in a different context like you know <laughs> at walmart or at some restaurant or something like wow you you eat out you don't sleep at the school yeah exactly <laughs> awesome cool all right so uh, i'm gonna jump in here we're gonna uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna toss a question up to you um what would you say is the minimum level of google apps integration that uh, you've achieved at the district in in but, but for example uh, if a teacher comes into the district, what are your expectations that that teacher in the district has in terms of, or what you have for that teacher in terms of um, Google usage and, and integration in the classroom uh, at Harrison? Well, um, actually it's both teacher and administrative assistants and, and other positions as well. When we posted some of those in the past year or so, where you know normally you would see Microsoft Office proficiency, we listed Google Apps for Education proficiency wow, as a yeah. request that we were looking for. Because we do admin meetings with Google Apps, that's an integrated Google Doc, so you've got to know how to do that. Uh, high school just went one to one on with Chromebooks this year, so we would anticipate that a teacher is going to use Google or be able to integrate technology as part of the, the mindset for them to come to work for us. Yeah, man, that's very cool. Wow. So you pretty much expect that walking in the door. <laughs> yes, and that, I mean, and that includes secretaries, maintenance staff, anybody, because we may share a Google spreadsheet with them for something that we're going to, I mean, we we did a Thanksgiving dinner today at lunch, and it's nothing for us to have a shared spreadsheet. What are you going to bring for the meal? Yeah. And everybody just populates yeah. that with whatever they're going to bring and still using a sheet of paper. That's, yeah, that, yeah, exactly. That's very cool. So at what level of integration? So like your teachers right now, are you guys using Classroom, say, what percentage in your district? Um, high school, some of them are using Classroom, but some of them have moved if, I mean, I'm a Google fan, but some of them are moved to Schoology because they like some of the things that Schoology does just a little bit better. Okay. But most of mine, I have third grade teachers using Classroom, so I'd want to say probably 50%. I just had a junior high principal come in today and say, you know, Susan, we really need 30 more Chromebooks. You're asking us to do this, and kids need a device every day. So when are you going to get us more? And we're really more than one-to-one in some cases because in junior high where they're not going home or in middle school where they're not going home, then you've got a cart per classroom and so you got kids moving around and you have more devices than you really have kids because you've got it in a classroom. Sure. So, and that's one of the reasons we jumped off one-to-one -one at high school was we're going to end up with more devices than kids. Right. So we need to send them home with them. It's time. We've done some planning and preparation. We're still going to have issues. We had two teachers present at the school board meeting last night, kind of saying how it's going. And they were like, you know, we're not going to lie that we haven't had some problems. There have been, you know, we found that kids were watching movies instead of watching class. Sure. So <laughs> we need that blocked. We need that taken care of. We need you to do something with that. But overall, it's been positive. 
That's very cool. So just as a sort of general question, I noticed you said that some things Schoology did better. Um, what areas do you think Google Classroom could stand to improve? One of the biggest issues I hear on Google Classroom is it needs a parent component. Ah. There is no way for parents to get in and see what students are doing. But truthfully, the classroom should be the students. So there would, students would argue and say, well, I don't want my parents in the classroom. Um, I'm trying to think of what Schoology, it does some quizzes possibly a little bit better. I'm trying to think of my, my big guy at Schoology and why he, he converted them. The quiz features may be a little bit more powerful, but Google's making some huge changes in classrooms lately. I mean, if you submit, hey, we want to see this change, when a student submits a form, it shows that they've completed the assignment, and it didn't used to do that. You could submit a form, but it wouldn't show that you've done the assignment, and now it does. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and one of the things that we had talked about um, in terms of some of the positive moves that, that uh, Google has made with classrooms is being able to uh, invite or open up your classroom to other domains. Um, yeah. Now, we actually tried to play with that. In fact, I, it may have been like, I don't know, a couple of days after that. or I mean, it wasn't long after they had opened that up. We tried playing with it and couldn't get it to work right. I'm sure that was more operator error than anything. <laughs> Uh, I was the operator, and so, uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I think I wonder if, um, and I'm not exactly sure how all that works, but I wonder if that could potentially help solve some of that parental interaction, create a, like a, create, uh, a parent subdomain under your school account, and then add yeah, then, you get in, then you get into the issue of okay, yeah. creating a email addresses for parents. Well, no, this is, this actually is supposed to allow you to whitelist. Yeah, you could like whitelist various domains. Right. I know that they are working on the ability for us to make sure that your class can actually be publicly viewed to the front end of your class, you know, just like your lesson plan assignments and things like that. Yeah, I think that's what they're doing is they're getting ready to, to bring that online. That's that's what I've heard. So, but you're right. I, Schoology, is it, so is it pretty popular at Harrison? It, it is for high school. Our initial stage, if we're going to do a class, I'm like, let them do classroom. It is so easy. They will understand that. They click create. They can, you know, gather their assignments. It's not a big deal. I said, Schoology is going to be several more steps for them to process through. And they need, and I mean, some of ours, it's a worksheet. They basically done a worksheet in the classroom, which they could do you know, in a regular classroom, but I said they have to see the process. They have to evolve to something more when they're going to do that. Um, and I think Schoology does have that parent component as well, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. Um, the other but, thing with classroom, you can share between two teachers. So two teachers can co-teach one classroom. Uh -huh. Right. And they like that, that feature as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I think one of the features that whenever we moved to Google Apps at Hope Public Schools was uh, one of the things that we were really, uh, we saw as a benefit was the fact that it is, it is, it's simpler. Than mm -hmm. We were looking at it from the perspective of compared to Microsoft Office because yeah. the vast majority of documents that are created in-house are usually, they only take advantage of, you know, a handful of the features of Microsoft Office. And just like uh, comparing Google Classroom to, uh, say, Oh, 
Moodle or whatever, the Google Classroom is very easy to access. It's not a complicated interface. There's not much to it to, to begin with. So the simplicity, I think, is actually a, an added feature. It's a feature, not a drawback there. Sure. And yet, like you were saying, get, you, get, get used to Google Classroom, and then if you need something more, then move up to, say, something like Schoology or hang on and see if, what features they're going to add to Google Classroom. I think that's, that's important, especially considering how much complication we're already adding to the classroom with just adding in devices and, okay, we've got to keep them charged and all the additional stuff that goes on related to that. Right, yeah. I think they've also integrated the calendar feature a little bit more in classroom so that you can do stuff with that. And that has the potential to give parents what they really need. If they could just see a published calendar with assignments, I think that's what most parents are looking for. And Johnny goes home and they ask Johnny what he did or what he has to do, and Johnny always says, nothing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Today, we don't have to do anything. But if a parent can see a calendar and says, well, you know, your future says you're supposed to be doing this. And so I think they have it fixed where you can, once you put it in your calendar, then it will also publish within the classroom or backwards, you know, whichever way it goes. Right. But if you can do that and do it in one step where a teacher's not having to do multiple things in order to make that happen, that'd be awesome. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, in, in, in that particular scenario, and again, I realize we're talking about, you know, ultimately helping teachers save steps but in that particular scenario um, at least theoretically and, and, I, and I have not seen this I have not tried it myself but um, I would figure like worst case scenario you could grab the um, uh, like if you're going to publish a calendar public link. you know pub yeah the public link um, that and uh, share that out something. share that Either just on the website basically raw html basically isn't that kind of what that how that works i think you can do it an embeddable thing yeah so, or you can yeah, just share the link of course yeah. a lot of that also comes into whatever kind of access you know right exactly how do you interface with your te your your parents right just by default you know do you have a section on your website that sort of thing yeah but yeah um man that's cool um and anything else about google classroom that just kind of jumps out at you something that that maybe uh, some of your teachers are doing or anything that? Well, I'm trying to remember these two teachers presented to the school board last night. Um, she had polled her students as to what were the pros and cons of being one-to-one -one and what they liked about classrooms. So I'm trying to remember what she said. One, students, obviously, they didn't have to worry about paper anymore. They didn't yeah. have to find their assignment. They didn't have to look for it. And they didn't have to worry about where it was going to be when they turned it in. Right. Oh, they, yeah. They yeah. constantly had it. They knew they liked the fact that their teacher could interact with them at any time. So, and the teacher was saying, I've even had to tell mine, look, seriously, I go to bed at 8 o'clock, so don't expect me to answer. Right. <laughs> because she said they would, they would contact her at any time. They were like, oh, cool. You don't have it. And she said, I finally just had to say, look, I go to bed at 11. I mean, I go to bed at 8. She goes, right. I really at 11, right. but I needed some downtime away yeah. from yeah. So um, students just really, and one of the things, they are blocked. We use GoGuardian okay. for our filter for the Chromebooks that are going home. Right. That's what we use for them. And the students said, we wish you would just open stuff up and teach us proper etiquette. <laughs> Tell us how to use the internet correctly. Wow, that's... Like, that's... We're like, we'd like to, but we had to block movies because y'all were watching movies all the time. <laughs> so evidently, y'all yeah. don't understand etiquette. 
So, but I thought that was grown up of them to ask if they could do that. So, yeah, that's very, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that really is, it's very impressive that they are thinking along those lines. You know, we understand why you're blocking us, but don't you think it'd be better if you just taught us, you know, which is, which is a little funny. I, I'm assuming, and, and yeah, I know what assuming does, but I'm assuming <laughs> the students who brought that up probably already have some of that. I mean, they're, you know, I'm sure they're already aware of some of those things. Otherwise they wouldn't necessarily have brought it right, up. Exactly. I, I, I don't know. You know, I, I have a hard time imagining a student who would rather watch the video saying, uh, no, no, don't let me watch, you know, teach me how to not watch videos. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. But, uh, but I mean, that makes perfect sense. You know, we have to, we have to be able to um, teach the students how to appropriately use the resources and tools that we are affording them. I mean, you know, you can't just give a kid a hammer and say, here, don't go beat your, you know, or we can't, we can't give a kid a hammer and then he hits his friend in the head. You know, we can't put a piece of wood on the Fred's head so that he doesn't hit him there anymore, right? You got to teach him, don't uh, hit your friend in the head with the hammer. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know. And the other thing I want to share, one, one of the teachers that presented last night was a drama teacher, and she had a student that was out, ill, that they were working on their speeches. So just like we're doing for this, the student did a Google Hangout, and they were working on this collaborative group speech that they were going to do, but the girl was homesick, but she could still hang out with them, still do the entire speech. They could work together, collaborate with that, and she goes, it was perfect. She said yeah. she was absent, but she was there. Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. that's a big, yeah, that's definitely a big part of it. Mm. Uh, you know, anything, whether it's Schoology, Google Classroom, whatever, it is it is that ability to be there without being there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Susan, I had a question. How many of your kids are using, uh, bringing their own devices? Do you guys mind them bringing their own devices and using with Google? Because I know my daughter loves to tie papers on her phone. So. <laughs> well, we were a bring your own device until we went one-to-one -one this year. And so since we went one-to-one -one at the high school, 10, which is grades 10 through 12, they can still bring their device, but we turn guests off. So... Um, and we did that intentionally. Number one, we wanted to make sure the one-to-one -one initiative worked. But number two, we didn't want to discriminate with devices. We wanted all the kids to have the same device. We didn't want one kid walking in with a MacBook Pro and saying, okay, I'm going to take my test. And maybe they would have features that another kid would not have. So they can still bring a device, but it's not going to connect to our network. But if they're taking a test or doing anything that's class-related, they've got to use the Chromebook that's been provided for them. And we had some teacher or some parents that said, well, I already have a Chromebook. Do I have to get the one that you're providing? And we said yes, right. because we wanted all kids created equal. We didn't want any equity issues with that. Sure, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I, I do, can see that. Do all your teachers use Chromebooks too, or are they using another device? Uh, they have a PC still at their teacher station that we sent all the teachers home with the Chromebook as well. Uh, and, and tied in with that, one of the uh, other requests that students have is they want an access point on buses. The kids don't know that we've been looking at access points on buses. The issue with that is got to find a way to filter it. Right. The yep. cost is not so prohibitive, but filtering is. Because I encourage them to use their phones. I mean, I... 
if you can't use the microphone on your phone, you could type a whole essay by the time you get to the house every day. Sure. sure. So your homework could be done, and you wouldn't have to. You don't even have to use your phones. You can just talk. But um, we've we've got to look at access points, and so that's one of the things we're looking at right now. If we can find a way to filter it, we may do it. You know, next year when uh, we all move to the Cisco with the state, uh, they're going to provide that. So you'll be able to take your your. Um, are you guys going to use uh, hot spots? Is that what you're going to use? Sell your hot spots on the buses? Yes. Yeah, they, so you'll be able to use them. Is there a way to proxy that so that I will be filtered? Yes, they will. Um, it depends on both Verizon and AT and T. I don't know who you guys use. Verizon. Cool. Yeah, Verizon's engineers will hard set IPs on those hotspots and actually send them back through the Cisco uh, product that the state's going to provide with our new bandwidth. So you'll be able to do it. So we might have to wait till next year. That's kind of what we're looking at too. Okay. Cool. I'm not this down as a note. Heard you. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you who shared that with me. Um, is one of your nearby neighbors. He's closer to you than he is us. Is Chris Knight um, at Carter. Okay. Yeah, Chris was the one that let me know that that was the one feature they were going to offer. Because th Chris is already doing that, and I talked to him a little bit about that. But I want to say maybe he said he wasn't filtering, but I could be wrong. Yeah, we still run an iBoss filter, so if we wanted to, we could you know we could run it back through us that way. The engineers at Verizon will work with you in your hotspots mm -hmm. to make that happen. I think, and, and if I'm not mistaken, I think they could, of course, I, a lot of it depends on what equipment you already have in place now, but um, you could, since you're, since you're already in that, you know, looking at it, rolling this out, and you're already at that place, um, during your uh, research um, now, you may want to actually get a hold of the Vi Verizon rep and say, you know, and, and your tech person there and say, okay, here's what we have already in place, do your, you know, is this something that can already be happening or is there something else that would have to be in place or do we need to wait till next year? I know um, we looked at uh, a similar situation here at the co-op and we're talking with our Verizon rep and at that point they were already talking about their engineers could route everything back through our uh, firewall. Uh, there were some things that I would have to get with my firewall provider uh, in order to make sure it was set up, uh, some of the VPN type stuff, make sure that connection was there to allow that routing back. But um, so I, I you, that may be a, a route you want to look at at least. Again, either something that you already have in place, or may have to make a minor change to, or something you say, okay, yes, we want to do this, but it, it is going to have to wait till the state is ready and and the state network rolls out. Which I don't know. And you may not know. I, I don't know when you're slated to roll over to the new state network, or maybe you already have. For all I know, I don't. I don't no, know. I'm assuming that we're we're on tap for July one next yeah. the state because we just got our e-rate approval. Oh my gosh, our e-rate approval for everything under the sun last week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, I just got mine. Yeah, I just got mine the other day. So. They approved every pipeline known to man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it's been a long, hard fight just to, you know, get anything, uh, especially the, the Category 1 stuff mm. with what's yeah, going on in the state. But scenario for us. Yeah. We're, we're looking forward to it. They're actually going to move us up to 1 gig. We can't believe it. Yeah. Okay, cool. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a big jump. We're at 300 now, which is, is plenty. Yeah. Uh, but we'll take more. <laughs> yeah, the only time we even get close to hitting the full 300 megabit a second is whenever we're pushing an app out or whatever. And, yeah. you know, then, then you look at the traffic to Apple and it just squashes everything else. Yeah, we actually have a 500 meg pipe and a 200 meg pipe. Wow, man. Two different providers, which we kind of liked because we had a little bit of fall over. I mean, sure. if right. somebody was down, and there, there are times that different providers go down. So if somebody was down, we're like, oh, okay, we can switch everything to the other pipe, we're good. Um, but we won't have that when we switch right. to this point. So. Yeah, and I think I think there's going to be several folks that are going to be in that same boat. I know here at the co-op, we're going to be in that same boat. You know, right now I've got two different pipes coming in, um, really through two different delivery mechanisms, and when one goes down, it you know fails over to the other one till it till that first one comes back up. And it's happened a couple of times, not so much lately, but when they especially when they first put it in, and mm. it was nice to be able to just. You know, yeah, it's not as fast, but at least we're going. Right, exactly. You know, yeah, we, we roll over to Carrier Pigeon right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, also known as T1s, but yes, it's yeah, Carrier Pigeons. Right. So oh. just just out of curiosity, for those of uh, those listening, uh, how, what's your total student count, just to put that those bandwidth figures sort of in perspective? We are right around 2,670 students. Okay. Yeah, pretty much the same size we are, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, yeah, we're, we're, we're in that same area. Yeah, about 2,700 right in that area. Yep. Yeah, we have approximately 200 per class. Some classes, you know, more than 200, some just under 200, but basically 200. Yeah, man, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, hey, listen, uh, we're going to take a quick break here at radio.edutechguys.com. Uh, take a listen to our featured artist of the week, uh, Nixie. Uh, great song here. This is one's called Bill for Love. We'll be right back in, say, five minutes with uh, Susan Gilly. Yeah. Heal the damage done 
But just know you're not the only one Cause honey you were built for love Tech Guys Live from the 30th Annual AESA Conference in New Orleans, December 2nd through the 5th. We'll be providing day-by-day -day coverage as we talk with presenters, attendees, and members of education service agencies from around the nation. Get rid of the noise and listen to the music with EduTech Guys Live, December 2nd through the 5th. Brought to you by Southwest Arkansas Education Cooperative, Hope Public Schools, and the Association of Education Service Agencies. Hey, you're listening to radio.edutechguys.com, and uh, we have uh, Susan Gilly from Harrison on with us today from Harrison yes. Public Schools in Harrison, Arkansas. Uh, we're glad to have you here. We're talking all about Google, and we're also talking about some stuff going on in the state with bandwidth and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But we're talking Google. We're talking one-to-one, -one, and we're glad you're listening. Check us out on the web at www.edutechguys.com. You can catch the show from there also. Also catch us on Twitter. If you got something you'd like to ask Susan, drop us a Twitter question really quick. Um, but yeah, we're back with Susan. Susan, glad to have you back on the show, and uh, we'll get going again. I think Greg had a question. He wanted I did. To jump we were, in first. We, were, we were talking while you guys were all listening to music, um, and we were discussing. I think you brought up how you've had a couple of Chromebooks fail, and 
I, we've noticed in, in our department at the very least, whenever we moved to one-to-one, -one, uh, we, we retired some old labs. And the way it used to work whenever we had labs and desktops and that sort of thing is a fair amount of, of the department's time was tied up with actually working on desktops, you know, taking them apart, putting in a new hard drive, replacing the power supply, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and whenever we moved more to one-to-one -to -one and we retired some of those labs, uh, it's interesting how the industry is sort of shifting towards less end-user or, or tech department repairable devices. So an iPad breaks unless you want to unglue the screen and you actually have uh, a, a way to actually buy parts for them. There is no repairing an iPad or if you've got a, a company that repairs them. Um, Chromebooks, they're a little more repairable than, say, a tablet or whatever, but the, the fact that they're so much cheaper, I was just wondering if you guys actually repaired Chromebooks in-house or if you just sort of wrote it off and, and replaced we we repair them in-house on things that are repairable, such as screens. They're replacing screens all the time. We keep a couple if uh, keyboards go down, where they switch out keyboards, where they switch out particular keys. We even have some students. We've got a junior high group of kids that are working on their A-plus certification. Huh. They're starting to get their tech credentials, and they want to form a group called Tech on Deck. Ah, oh, cool. they know and help with various issues, so they'd like to learn how to fix the screens. I thought it would be really nice if they could sit on the phone with return authorizations so that we didn't have to sit there. You know, when you've got one you need to return that's under warranty and you right. sit there for an hour talking on the phone, I thought it would be cool if kids could do that for us. Because, yes, exactly. And they would get to learn what the return process is like. Right. Um, we're kind of the same way on iPads. We have iPads we don't repair, especially like an iPad G. What's the value of replacing that? And right. it's real usefulness now since we're at, what, iPad Pros coming out in a right. month. Um, so we do repair our own as much as we can. For the, for the screen failures, I've heard various things. Uh, are you seeing more screen failures just to due to uh, screens that have that go out just for, for whatever reason, or is it more related to accidental damage? Well, all I see on the work orders that flies through my desk in an email is, you know, screen replacement, and I probably see one a day of those ah, coming okay. through my email, and I don't always read what the reason is, whether, you know, the dog ate it or what right. happened. What he was talking to me about is evidently there's a connector down at the bottom of the screen, and he said on this particular model it's coming loose. Uh -huh. And so he said on the Samsung one that is, he said that was really easy to reconnect that and not be a big deal. He said this particular brand it just takes about 20 minutes, where the Samsung model is about five. Oh, so, yeah. um, Different models do different things, but a lot of times you don't know that until you get a batch in and the kids are working on it. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, another thing, another question related to hardware. Um, so you've got a couple different models of Chromebook. Uh, how are you handling charging and storage? I know the the potential there is okay. This model takes this wattage of power adapter, and so it only works in this cart. What are, what are what are your logistics for charging and storage? Is there like a central location, or is it per classroom, or what what exactly? Um, we converted all of our laptop carts that we had and just made them Chromebook carts, and then also our um, one of our ag classes built Chromebook carts for us. Oh, oh wow! So probably half oh, of cool. our inventory 
Um, and you should have seen the kids, because they built us a prototype, then they brought it to us and say, what do you like, what do you don't like? Because they looked at an existing cart and then they built one for us. And then we kind of critiqued it and told them what we wanted them to do to tweak it. And they built some more. So they probably built 10 to 15 carts for us. Awesome. And they loved it. They had such pride in that. Oh, yeah. Uh, that is that is awesome. That's talking, cool. you know, we, we often talk about the whole, you know, maker space and maker movement and all that. And that's perfect. Oh, that is so cool. Plus, that allows you to iterate idea. very quickly. Because, you know, a lot yeah. of the time we'll get in a cart or a piece of technology or whatever and it'll be mostly right but it'll be one or two things where it's like oh gee if it was just this yeah. way instead of that way it would be so much easier where if it's all built in house i mean what what better person to judge what is good or what is bad than education who's actually using it right so like, yeah ah, that's yeah, very so cool this. that is very cool susan do they take um do they take charging cables home with them when they go home the the one-to-one the -one, all the kids got their charging cable and um, so they take that with them and then we offered each of the teachers a power strip to put in the front of the room we didn't do a long power strip so they could charge 30 at once but you know the kids are supposed to charge it at home but you think okay well if i have a few kids but i don't even think teachers have picked those power strips up in order for kids to charge the battery lasts so long so for the most part i think kids are charging them because i haven't heard issues on that and more teachers saying hey i need a power strip um they're making do yeah cool it's so nice to yeah. finally have gotten to the point where batteries last all day yeah i remember when when we had laptop carts and they had these gigantic external batteries that you had to, and then it, even then it would only run like three four hours you know and, and some of us have been around long enough we remember when there were no batteries <laughs> Man, i have to get more than 12 feet away from the wall i need another extension cable yeah my bag phone had to plug in, in the car so that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the manual. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, all right, so um, shifting gears a little bit, um, what are some of the, I'm going to call them the Formula One additions, extensions, add-ons, you know, those kinds of things that, that you like to use, that you like to show off, that you like to train your teachers or when you're presenting i know you do a lot of pre uh, presentations conferences so what are some of the cool google s the, stuff the killer cool things yeah that you that you like to talk to people about I, I actually have a top 10 list that i use i should have pulled up that presentation google's top 10 ideas of what you need um i'm just going to go through some of my favorites yeah. and i'm reading these off one of my new favorites um I always tell teachers anything that Google, anything that Google has, it's the name of the tool.google.com. So I said, if you want to do Hangouts, it's Hangouts.google.com. If you want to do Docs, Docs.google.com. Yeah, yeah. One of the new things that they have is something called Keep. Yes, Google.google.com, which is just sticky notes in the cloud. I use it all the time. You can share. You know, do you like that, Jeff? Yes, Jeff is yes. a big fan of Keep. He is a oh, very big fan of Keep. I, I canceled my Evernote uh, you know, subscription. I don't need Evernote anymore. I'm just using Google Keep. Well, I love Keep, and, and here's a, a trick that I tell them. Um, I'm trying to keep track of what I do with my job, which is the multi-hat job of all the different things. So mm -hmm. in the event someday I'm not doing this job and somebody else wants it, and they wonder, what did Susan do all day long? <laughs> so I'm naming my notes a day of the month. And when that month is, you know, it's kind of my to-do list of, hey, what else am I going to do? And then you can take your keep note and turn it into a Google Doc. 
So then I have a list. Hey, here's what I did in August. Because I, I like to, you can put a box with it. I like to check things off and let it draw the line through it so yeah. that I feel like I've done it instead of just hitting the big X over there on the right hand side. So keep is one of my favorite. I also like that you can share it with two people. So if I want to, instead of turning in a ticket to my tech department, if I want to ask them something instead of emailing them, I put it on a keep note. And then if they take care of it, they just check the box and we don't have to email back and forth and talk about it. Right. Sure. Right. Show me that they've done it. Yeah. Yeah. A tool related to that that I use quite a bit uh, is called Todoist, um, T-O-D-O-I-S-T dot com. Uh, Yeah. And just do the nature of our jobs, you know, it's, it's, you know, some, some people really love to use calendar for scheduling out everything, but you know, tech work is such a reactive sort of thing. You can't sure. really schedule a lot of it. So you know, checklists are super handy and Todoist really makes that because you can set alarms and repeats and that sort of thing. Well, I'll put my Google keep up against your Todoist. <laughs> we're going to have, we're going to have a cage fight. Between I'll, Todoist I'll and see keep. your Todoist and raise you a Google keep. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so how, how about another one? What, what else? Uh, what, what, some okay, other cool things. Uh, let's see. My next favorite is a little tweak that I have learned with uh, Google email addresses. My email address is sgilly at hps, but if I had students that I wanted to log in to Weebly and create a Weebly account, you usually have students who say, well, I can't remember my password, and so you spend all day long trying to get them to remember their password. So one of the tweaks that I tell teachers is don't let them use their email address, use yours, because you can do sgilly plus Anything after the plus sign, Google ignores. Yeah, right. And so you could do Billy yep. plus John Jones at HPS, got all that right. And um, then when John Jones can't remember his email address, he hit forgot password. He puts in Billy plus John Jones. It comes to the teacher. The teacher can reset his password and get him into that account and do whatever they want to do. That's so I like Billy plus. That's a right. great usage of that. That, yeah, that we, really is. That's a, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. we've... Uh, we use that particular trick in Bravo. several different things. But, yeah, I've never thought about using it as sort of like a, a teacher management of student devices. Yeah. That's, that's very yeah. clever. Well, I should just do I that for all my users, and then <laughs> my life would be easy. Well, and here's, here's what I thought, too, is um, when I sign up for accounts on various things, let's say I want a Pinterest account or whatever, I could do SGILLY plus Pinterest. Sure. And then when it comes into my email, I can just search for the plus Pinterest email to know right. what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we do that. Greg and I, we do that pretty heavily with all of our Apple right, exactly. app and everything like that. You know, we, you know, the other thing that people don't realize is that the dot is not recognized. Right. Actually, the dots are just for us. So it, you know, when we put things after, yeah, you the can dot either you dot, can add as many dots as you want, or you can take all the want. dots out. You know, and it's at the same email address according to Google. Yeah. Nice. That's a great one, Susan. Thank you for that one. I'm gonna put I'm gonna tweet that out later. Yeah, that's <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Um. And so my next one, how many use Google Docs is what I always tell them. And I said, how many of you click to share it? So you click on the little button, say you're going to share, and you get that URL that you're going to share with somebody. And typically what you're going to do is you're going to email that link to them and then say, click on file and make a copy. And most of the times when you do that, the teacher's going to email you back or the person's going to say, hey, I can't type on this document that you sent me. It's be lonely. And we're like, I know. I did that on purpose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have encountered this. 
So here's the trick. You, you copy that URL, paste it into the browser, and if you'll erase everything at the end, at the very end there's a slash mark and it says edit, E-V-I-T and something. Uh -huh. If you'll erase all of that where it says edit and put the word copy, as soon as they paste that link, it will pop up and say make a copy. That's brilliant. Oh, my God. You, you're <laughs> the did stuff. I tell you? I, I told you. You are the queen. I told you. I told you she is I'm the I'm getting a Google... tattoo this weekend right here with your headphones. <laughs> That's right. I, I, I told these guys, I said, And today on you... Tech, guys, we get schooled by Susan Gillis. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> yep, I told her. I, that, I said, that I said. That was my favorite. When people see that, they're like, oh, my God, you're killing me. Yes. Killing me. I, the, the light bulbs in this room above our heads are so yeah. bright. It's washed out everything else. <laughs> That is phenomenal. That's, just when we think we're the smartest guys out there, we get schooled. I, I, it's I, lovely. That's well, a great one. I, I, Thank I you for that, that one. I, that never I, happens. I, I never think I'm the smartest guy out there. I think these guys are the smartest guys. That's what I meant no. to say. <laughs> okay, and so here's my next one. Um, I usually tell teachers, okay. um, it, it always turns out you found this document that you need to edit that nobody can find it in any version. It's a word, you know, I mean, it's just a printed sheet of paper, and they're like, but I just need to fix this one word, but I'm gonna have to retype the whole thing, because I don't have it in any editable format, PDF or whatever. So, Google will convert that for you. So if you take the PDF, you put it in your copy machine, scan it, send it to you, and then download it to your computer, and then upload it into a Google folder. There's your PDF. And if you'll right-click on that file, open with Google Docs, it's going to appear in the Google Doc format. And the first time somebody told me that, I'm like, okay, cool. And then you click on it, and it's like it's just a picture. Hey, that's not what I want. I told you I wanted to type on it. Well, here's the key. You click on the picture and hit Delete. And all the text is down below for you to edit and do oh, whatever. That's there. brilliant. Oh my gosh, my mind is blown. I was going to say, this room is now a mess with all the brains that have exploded from mind being I blown. Go. I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, we, we encounter that with, with uh, stuff that's been scanned by our administration all the time. And, you know, there's a bunch of different OCR websites out there right. that try to do it, but it always winds up just just destroying the formatting. Yeah, yeah. that's so that's a very handy Do it feature. straight in Google Docs. And the key, I think, is that what you mentioned, deleting what the looks picture. like the image right. of the document. So yeah. that, right. that is, that's awesome. Man, I, keep them coming. What else <laughs> you got? Holy cow. Um, I want to say one of the things, one of the key things that we use um, Google Docs, besides our admin meetings and all that kind of stuff, we also use it for discipline. So each of our teachers have an icon shortcut on their desktop that goes to a Google form. And that form submits a discipline issue. So they turn in Johnny for whatever. And then that goes to our principal. And then initially I used a Google script so that when the principal did the issue, you know, he said, okay, I gave him ISS or, or OSS or whatever the issue was. Sure. He um, used the script that he ran, and it automatically sent an email back to the teacher. Hey, you turned Johnny in for a cell phone this morning. I assigned him lunchtime detention, and, and this is what happened. And the teachers love it because it's immediate feedback. 
Sure. But also for our principals, there, anytime you use a form, there's the um, automatically summary of responses where you have those charts that tell you, you know, how many issues you had with the form. Oh, yeah. So we have tons of graphs and data. And one principal I have that's using that, he started out three years ago, 1,500 discipline issues. Wow. And this year, he's down to 300. Nice. Wow. And mainly wow. that's because you can track the discipline. You know what hour the discipline's happening. You can talk to the teachers that are using the discipline. And the teachers get feedback because Johnny always goes back to the class and said, hey, principal didn't do anything. I'm good. I'm cool. Um, but... I have since learned you don't have to use a script. So for my latest principal that I signed up for using discipline, he is using an add-on to a spreadsheet called Form Mule. I'm sorry, Form Mule? Form Mule. <laughs> like like the donkey. Like the donkey. Okay, just making sure we're <laughs> make sure we're all on the same page. All right. Um, form Mule. It's it's pretty snazzy. You just add it on to a spreadsheet, and basically what it is is a template of an email, and then you pull in the variables. So if you say, you know, whatever the top of your spreadsheet is, is a person's name or the discipline issue or whatever, you just pull those variables across, and then it sends an email based on whatever you set up. Very really nice. Cool. That's very cool. Yeah. And um, he likes that because it's it's easier than the script was. Right. Sure, sure. I have people across the state that are saying, hey, I got the copy of the script that you're using. Could you help me fix it? Because it's got some issues. So uh, Formula is a nice alternative to that. Oh. oh, what else do I use? I use, there's one called Row Call, like row, row, row your boat. And you can take a, a spreadsheet, and let's say it has three columns, and it will take um, sort everything in every column based on whichever column you want it to sort it by. So if the if the first column is teacher name, and you got George, Fred, and Martha, and George, Fred, and Martha, and you want to see which teachers have turned in issues all year, roll call will split that out, and you'll see a spreadsheet for each teacher's name down at the bottom. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I just wanted to see, you know, how many times did Johnny, how many times, times was Johnny tardy third hour? It'll split it by period. It'll split it by kid. It'll split it by teacher. That's very oh, cool. Very handy. It's yeah. Pretty cool. And, that's, and that's row call? Row call. R-O-W-C-A-L-L. -L. Cool. Yeah, row call. And, and yet, and the distinction is that people need to realize is there are add-ons for sheets. There are add-ons for docs, and there are add-ons for forms. Right. So a lot of times you'll hear about an add-on, and you're like, I can't find it. Just tell me this cool add-on, but it they may be in the wrong type of Google thing. Right. Okay, sure. So definitely application-specific add-ons. Right. Right. Cool. I use Autocrat, but I have told people since then to if I ever bring up the word Autocrat to not bring it up again because... <laughs> It's really mail merge. Um, I love it. I use it to send out. I, as soon as they submit the form and give me feedback, it automatically sends them a PDF a certificate based on what they put in their form. Cool. So, and then my favorite, we'll end with my favorite, is a choice eliminator. 
it is a form add-on and it allows you to um, set up for parent-teacher conferences. You can set up choices. Say you want an, an option from 8 to 8.15, 8.15 to 8.30, 8.30 to 8.45, et cetera. Sure. And as soon as somebody selects one of those choices, they disappear. Right. So you For keep... subsequent people who come to right, the Right, exactly. Form. So you don't get double booked. Uh, yeah. You don't get double booked. And then the, the add-on has also been added to, if you're going to do it for a workshop, a series of workshops, uh, sessions, you can now fix it so, okay, I have a, a workshop on Google Docs. I want 10 people to be in that. And once 10 people have selected it, it disappears. That's pretty cool. That's very so cool. It is, and it is very simple, really very simple to use. So, so have, you, have you run into an issue where um, two people have selected the same spot you know, they both had the form on their computer at the same time. One person submits before the other person, but it hadn't been updated, of course, because they're currently in the form. So when they submit, is that a race condition? Is there is there a handling condition, yeah. in in you know built in for that? If all things are perfect, um, we have I have had some people try it, like on a campus with 600 students, and Google doesn't refresh fast enough, and they'll let them go ahead and take both. But if there's enough downtime between that, which, you know, could be as much as 15 seconds or as little as 15 seconds, it will tell the second person, um, hey, by the way, you hit submit too slow, so that, that option is gone now. Nice. You'll have to pick something else. Nice. Uh, that's very cool. That is awesome. That's very handy. Man. And, of course, all of those are free. Free. They're free, free, our favorite four-letter F word. <laughs> awesome. Well, and, that, is, that is phenomenal, man. Awesome tips. Well, yeah. and you know, the, that's the best part. We like to end every show with a, uh, a Google tip of the week, and today we just hit the mother load. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we aren't going to have any tips of the week yeah, for the we're, next month. We're, we're going to have to recycle All of our tips episode. from the past look just <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> you guys just stink. So. <laughs> And I would say everything, every resource I've talked about, every presentation that I've done are available on my website at sgilly.com. So anything is underneath presentations. One of the biggest things I've been pushing at latest at the latest conference is encouraging teachers to do their own web pages and oh. keeping the web pages up to date. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, what I told my teachers is how many of you traveled this summer and Googled where you were going to eat? You know, and based on what you found out on Google, decided where you were going to eat. And I said, now look, think about your web page and how many of you want to eat at the restaurant that is your classroom based on your web page. Ooh, nice. Nice. So, and then I show them that you can yeah. take a simple Google Doc and that can be your web page. Yes, yes. So I show them how to publish a documented web page and give them the option that within 60 seconds, every week they can have an up-to-date web page easily yeah exactly you know it's not like it takes forever uh, you know and, and that's i think that's unfortunately in a lot of places especially if you don't have a, a website that's that's as easily updatable it takes you way longer than that just to get in to edit the page where you know if you're you know yeah. you're setting up you know either a shared google sheet or a, a site um even a heck of google doc that you've got shared out and it's put in the right place Man, you go in, you update it, boom, it's done. You're in, you're out. Yeah, a lot, a lot of awesome. CMSs put the mess in CMS. Yes. It's, it, they're just way <laughs> too complicated. Yes, cool. 
Man, well, once again, thank you very much for uh, joining us today, Susan. That has been awesome. Yes, indeed. We certainly appreciate you coming in and spending some time with us and giving us some truly mind-blowing <laughs> Google tips. Schooling us. <laughs> Schooling us in Google Schoolage. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Yeah, you're listening to radio.edutechguys.com. And uh, got to jump ahead. <laughs> she didn't get second. Oh, I'm sorry, Susan. <laughs> no, I was just going to say I appreciate you guys having me. You have no idea how nervous I was about doing this. But feel free to tweet me questions or check out my website and email me if you have questions, and I'll try to respond. Awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, if you want to check that out, we just tweeted out uh, Susan's website, sgilly.com, S-G-I-L-L-E-Y.com. Um, it is a wonderful website, lots of stuff on there. Check her out online at U-N-I-Q-S-U-S-E-Q. Um, that's at Twitter, and so you can Twitter, send her a tweet anytime, and I'm sure she'll respond to you. Um, yes, great day here at the Edutech, guys. We got schooled, and it was wonderful because I was. love learning new stuff. <laughs> that's right. That's I can't right. wait to share it as if it's my own. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, I'm Jeff Madlock. I'm Greg Moore. And this is David Henderson. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to Edutech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on the site, this program, for those of participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE. Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet tier one standards? You, you can, can do, do it, it all, all. But don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.